Welcome to broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I want to go to uh, 2 Timothy is where we've been getting this series from. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, we're going to go to verse 6, which we t- uh, talked about last week. And we're going to continue on to verse 7. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, For this reason, Paul's writing to his understudy Timothy, he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7 is where we're spending our time today. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us, on the contrary, on the other side, on the flip side, it gives us power. It gives us love. And it gives us self-discipline. Anybody need some self-discipline? The Bible says that God gives us self-discipline. We talked about this last week, that when Paul was writing to his understudy Timothy, his protege, he was writing, this was, we think, to be the last conversation that Timothy was assuming to have with Timothy. And so in his last words, he writes this, and he says, Timothy, these are the things I want you to know, which means your last words are probably pretty important. And he says, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, which we should talk about that just for the next couple weeks anyways, because the gift of God is in you. It's not on you. It's not around you. It's not in someone else. It's not in me. It's not in this church. It's not in this building. It is in you. The gift of God is in you. The, 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 the thing that Paul says, he says it's in you, but it's also on you to stir it up. It is your responsibility. Fan into flame actually means to, to stir, to stir it up. So it's in you, but you have to stir it up. And we talked about how we stir it up last week and the gifts that God's given us. Uh, But this week, I want to key in on verse 7. And I want to look at this because it says, God has not, in the New King James Version, it reads like this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You ever dealt with fear? You ever been afraid of something, uh, you, you know, you try to hide it, you try to mask it, but there's fear. Do you know that anxiety finds its root in fear? You cannot be anxious without an element of fear. Wherever there is anxiety, you will find fear. But it's interesting that the Bible says that God has not given us fear. When we, uh, we bought a new house a couple years ago, and, and uh, we were moving, and, and um, I like moving because we get rid of a lot of things, and uh, I, like to, I like to be minimalistic, you know, just like the bed, the couch, the TV, it's like, what more do you need? And, and so I, I like it like that, so every time we move, we're throwing stuff away, we're giving stuff away, and so we moved, and, and uh, we kept on getting mail, and uh, I rarely get the mail, but we were getting an, a surplus of mail, and the problem was the mail was addressed to the previous owner. It, it, it wasn't our mail, but we kept on getting it. Somebody forgot to change their address or something, so we get, we're getting all this mail, like these notices and, and these bills, and it's like, it, but it's, it's not ours. 
And we, we were looking at it, you know, I'm just like throwing it away. I'm like, how do we tell this guy that, that like he needs to change his address because we're getting his mail? And uh, I don't know if you've ever gotten a package. Um, we, it's a big deal when we get packages at our house. We like presents. And uh, maybe just, I specifically, I really like presents. And, and so I'm like, man, what's it? Even if I order it for myself, I like it when Amazon Prime drops it off. I'm like, all right, let's just, let's just come on, boys. We're going to open it up. Dad, do you know what it is? Yeah, but it's still exciting. And so we open it up, you know. And, and, and a couple times I've thought that the Prime, Amazon Prime package that came was for me, but it was something Jamie ordered. So, you know, you, you open it up and it's like, yeah, I didn't order a handbag. You know, I didn't order baby wipes. Uh, that was not what I ordered. Now, I want to tell you something today is that many of us are living with packages, burdens, bondages, weights, that have not been addressed to us. We are living under something that was not given to us. God did not give us a spirit. It wasn't for you. Anything that has its root in fear is not God given. So if I'm living in fear or experiencing fear, I have opened up a package that does not belong to me. I have the wrong label. This is not, Dustin Bates should not have been on this envelope, not on this package, because if fear is in it, it's not for me. And so I, I want to just, for a brief time together, I, I want to just speak from the subject, from in our series, Fan into Flame, but I want to I speak from the subject, Return to Sender. Return to Sender. I think many of us, we, we just take what's given to us, and, and, and then we find a way to label it, we find a way to normalize it, we find a way to medicate it, we find a way to cope with what we have. But I think it's important to go back to the Word of God and see that there are some address labels on the things that God has given us, and I don't want to take anything that's not mine. On the contrary, I don't want to miss out on anything that God has given me. And he says, he has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Paul makes it very clear that fear or timidity has not been given by God. Timothy had been struggling with insecurity. We talked about this last week, that he was a young leader and that he even struggled with that age that he was trying to lead people that were older than him. And Paul said, hey, Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because he was admonishing him. He was exhorting him. He was encouraging him. And he says, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God. And the gift that's in you is not fear. This is not your cross to bear, fear. This is not your thorn in the flesh, fear. This is not something that you just have to like figure out how to make it through life with. This is not something that you just have to intoxicate yourself to a point where you don't feel it anymore. This, that's not this. It's not been given by God. Now, I'm not saying that you don't go through different seasons with different struggles, with different emotions, that you need counseling, you need therapy, you need help, you need medication, you need bridges, you need all of that. I'm just saying this, that he's still the miracle worker, that he's still God. 
And we better delineate between what he has given and what he has not given, or we might accept something in our life that was never meant to be accepted. The greatest hindrance of usefulness in the increase of our gifts is slavish fear. Did you know that anything that is given to you that you can't give away or you can't get out of or can't get out from under is bondage? If you were to be trapped in a room and you couldn't get out of it, you would say you were in bondage. But you can also be trapped in emotions and you can be trapped in feelings that you say, no, this is normal but I want to caution you to make sure that your captivity is not normalized because we have a God who believes in your freedom. And my Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Bible says there is liberty and there is life. My Bible says that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I want to be, anybody want to be free this morning? I want to walk in freedom. Bible says uh, over 70 times the Bible speaks to fear and it tells us to not be afraid. Ten of those instances in scriptures where it says do not be afraid, it also says do not be discouraged. Which is interesting that fear and discouragement oftentimes go hand in hand and the scripture takes it upon itself to not just say do not be afraid, but it also says don't, don't be discouraged. Because oftentimes when we're in fear, we oftentimes step into discouragement. Negative emotions are connected. Operating under a gift or emotion that I cannot control or cannot get out of is bondage. Is bondage. Fear is a couple things. Fear is not from God. This is just what we got to know. Fear is not from God. We just got to all kind of agree together. If we're going to move forward, we got to recognize that fear is not from God. Fear, second thing, fear is a form of bondage. It, it, it just is. Well, it's just a little bit, Pastor, like it doesn't really affect me. Yeah, but is it hindering you? Is it crippling you? Is it slowing you down? That fear is a bondage to you. Fear Number three, within, exaggerates the causes of fear without. Fear within exaggerates. This is what happens. When you feel it on the inside, it exaggerates what's happening on the outside. If I feel something internally, I will exaggerate what's actually happening on the outside. I, I will have a skewed perspective of reality based on what I feel internally. Fear is not from God. It is a bondage and it exaggerates. My feeling inside exaggerates what's happening on the outside. So let me just say it this way. God does give gifts, but he doesn't give fear. He gives gifts, but he doesn't give fear. I've heard people say, well, this is just the cross that I have to bear in life, Pastor. I have a weakness in this area. Did you know that the reason that Jesus died is so that the weaknesses in those areas could actually be made strong? That the reason that he shed his blood, that the reason that he sacrificed his life was that anyone that had a shortcoming and anyone that had a weakness could now step into grace and step into a new life, a new creation in Christ made brand new. 
That's what grace is. Grace bridges the gap. It, it, it bridges the disconnect between my ability and where I need to be. That shortcoming, that gap is bridged by the grace of God. Last week we, we talked about this, that, that the gifts of God are given for a purpose. They're given for a purpose. When we're talking about gifts, we're not specifically talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we touched on some of this last week and the different ones. And there's motivational gifts and spiritual gifts. And we love all of those. But that's not what this scripture is talking about. It's talking about a specific grace for the assignment that's on your life. So for each of us, it's different. There's a grace on you to run your race. There's a grace on me to run my race. That's why we should be careful with judging each other. It's because you've got a grace for your race and I've got a grace for my race and our races might not look similar. But we should respect each journey because that journey is going to be different than ours. Sometimes in the Christian world, we want every, everybody's journey to be the same. We want everybody to line up like with what we're doing and how we're doing it and our standards and our convictions. And if you don't, we don't need a scripture to back it up. We just like have the, the gift of opinion. And that's just, you know, first hesitations. And it's not a book. Anyway, we just do whatever we got to do to make it, to, to make it fit. But your race is going to be different than the person next to you. And if you always compare yourself to them, you will miss what God's trying to do in you. Sometimes God will move you slow to protect you. So if you look at the speed of someone else and you want to go as fast as they're going or have acceleration or promotion as fast as they do, it could actually hurt you. So you have to trust that God is moving you at the pace and at the speed, in the direction, the way that he has planned out. And the grace, the gift that he's given you is for a purpose. It's for your assignment. We found this out that gifts are given to glorify God. That every gift that I have been given is not to glorify me. The gifts that I have been given, whether it's ability, whether it's intelligence, whether it's financial means, whether it's giftings, whether, what, whatever it is, is given to me to glorify God. So when I operate in what he's given me, I give glory to God. Gifts are given, they're given unfinished. We talked about this, that, that he, this is the problem. It wouldn't it be nice if God just gave you everything just like ready to go? Like here's your life, here's your assignment. You know, like people graduating high school, like what am I going to do? What am I going to do in college? They get in college and it's like every three months changing a major. I'm going here, I'm going there, which is, you know, it's, you do your thing. And, and, and it's just like we can't figure out every step is so stressful. Wouldn't it be nice if the will of God was just like charted out? You're going to go here. You're going to do this. You're going to be here for two years. You're going to change your major to this. It was going to be a really good idea. It's going to really benefit you here. You're going to meet this girl. You're going to get married this time. You're going to have, to, you're going to have these kids at this time. And uh, this can be a little bit of a surprise, but you, you, you know, wouldn't it be nice like to kind of have it mapped out? It's, it's not how God works. If he worked that way, it would remove the need for faith. I will not have to trust a God that I can already see is I can if I can already see my path, I don't need to trust Him. But when I can't see it, I gotta trust Him. When I can't see it, I have to have faith. 
I got, I have to believe that he's graced me for the assignment that he's placed on my life. I have to trust him that even in setbacks, even in disappointments, even in confusion, even when life doesn't seem like it's going the right way, I have to trust that he sees me and he is directing me. And this is why Paul communicates to Timothy, you're going to have to stir up what is in you. And let me tell you what's not in you, Timothy, because sometimes you have to know what something is not in order to know what something is. And so he says, I've not given you fear. I have not given you timidity. What I have given you is I have given you power. 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 What, is, what does that mean that when Timothy is saying that there's a gift or there's a grace, that there is power? Power is this. Power to encounter foes and dangers. Power to bear up under trials. To triumph in persecutions. Power, this power, is not just given to endure, but to also strike blows and to take ground. You, you, know, you know what, Christians, sometimes we just need power. We think we just need power like to hold on. Well, brother, I'm just holding on till Jesus comes. I'm just sitting on my blessed assurance. And, and anyway, and, and I'm just, I'm holding on till Jesus. No, this power is an offensive power. It is not a defensive power. It is a power that enables you to take ground. It is a power that allows you to look at the enemy that is coming at you, whether it be fear, whether it be anxiety, whether it be depression, whether it be discouragement, whether it be bondage, and say, God has given me a power to overcome. Like, like Pastor, like a power to cope. Power just to make it. Let's just get back to Sunday. Come to worship so we can be encouraged one more time. Have that crazy guy yell at us for 30 minutes and then we're good for one more week. No. It's not a power to make it back here next week. Although I'd love to see you. It's the power to step into offense. God has not given you a spirit. The opposite of fear that Paul makes is power. Then he says, and love. I've given you a gift, a grace of love. You ever found people in your life that's hard to love? It's a lot of them, aren't there? It's crazy. We were on a trip a little while back, and I'm like, can I just get back to Texas, please? Because I'm having a hard time loving these people. And, uh, you know, there's just certain, you know, it's just once you live in Texas for a while, it's just like these become your, your people. I was flying in last night. We were in New York for the weekend and, and uh, doing a wedding in Central Park last night and, um, and flew home late last night. We flew into Dallas. I'm like, well, there's, you know, Dallas doesn't have what New York has, but I was so grateful to fly into Dallas. I was just like, yes, Lord, thank you for calling me here and not, not there. It's great to visit. I loved it. It's beautiful. God has given us grace to love. To love means not just a grace to love God, but also a grace to love people. Also, love is a power that gives you the ability to cast out fear. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. It is to make the mind bold and constant. 
a grace of love that secures your mind. The, 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 one of the greatest problems we have is our minds not like being too constant. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm quitting my job today. You know, and then it's like tomorrow's like, man, I love my job because you're about to get paid. And it's like, I'm out of here. This marriage is over. And the next was like, please forgive me. Our minds, right? I'll never go there again. I will not be a Cowboys fan any longer. You know, it's, it's just next season comes around. We're, you know, it's, we're back. We're back. It's just, you know, it just, it, it constant. Which leads us straight into this last thing that he says, and this is where we we'll spend the rest of our time. He says, he's given us a grace for a sound mind. I'm going to say a couple things that might be offensive. I'm going to warn you. I'm just going to tell you what, what the Bible says, what a sound mind is. It is a sober mind well-balanced and under the right influences. It's everything in its rightful place. It's quietness of mind, a peaceful enjoyment of our, it's acceptance. It's acceptance of ourselves. It, it is reprieve from the constant criticism of us, of us. It is reprieve from the negativity of ourselves on our Selves. It is a soundness of mind. It is a clear mind. It is everything in its place. And I know we have labels for everything, and this is what will be offensive. I know we have labels for every kind of disorder and every kind of mental issue, but I'm just going to tell you this, that there is also a grace that comes from your Savior that is a grace to have a soundness of mind, whether it's ADD, ADHD, whatever it is, God has a an antidote, and it is Jesus. He has not given us, he has not graced us with fear. He has graced us with a power, an offensive power, a love, and a, and a soundness of mind. A soundness of mind. I'm not trying to think less of or look down on anyone's journey. I'm trying to extend a thread of hope into your situation that no matter what you've been coping with or no matter whatever you've been captive in, that there is a way out. I'm just going to tell you this. I, it's easier for me to, it's easier for me to explain it. It's easier for me to label. Well, oh, you're dealing with this? Oh, you have this and this and this. God didn't make me a doctor. I don't need to diagnose. God made me a messenger. I need to be careful that I don't diagnose where God told me to deliver a message. And sometimes your faith has to catch up to your message. But regardless, I'm bound to communicate. The me Does this make sense? Is it, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that's just that. And you're just going to have to deal with that. But that's not what the Bible says. And my responsibility is not to have my opinion. My responsibility is not to put my diagnosis on your issue. My responsibility is to communicate what the black and white letters of this page say. And it says that God has given you or graced you the ability to have a sound mind. Sound mind years ago. 
I had a friend that, that uh, he, had, he got saved, and we'd been praying for him for years, and he lived a, a wild life, uh, all kinds of drugs, and he did, I mean, just anything you can imagine, he did, and uh, his brain was literally, doctors said his brain was literally fried in some areas because of the LSD and some of the things that he has done. Literally to a point where they said your cognitive abilities have been hindered because of your excessive drug use. You will never be able to catch things or be able to replace some of the things that you've ruined by what you've done with your life. He gets saved when he's, I think he was 22. He gets saved. He gives his life to Jesus. Well, as he gives his life to Jesus, he just started to have this hunger for the word of God. And so I've never seen someone devour the Word of God like he devoured the Word. I mean, it was like his, his, his Bible looked like a coloring book. I mean, it's just like he's got stuff everywhere and notations and highlights, and he just started, like, eating up the Word of God. And he was teaching a class. He started working in our internship, and he was teaching a class. And I remember sitting back and thinking, where is this guy getting this knowledge? And then I began to wonder, like, wait a second. Isn't this the guy that has the learning disability? Isn't this a guy that fried his own brain cells from his drug use? And I begin to talk to him afterwards. I, I sat down with him. I said, talk, like, what is, like, how'd you get that? And he says, Dustin, it's the craziest thing. He says, as I have been in the word of God, I literally feel like God is beginning to heal my brain. He said, there's things that I would reach back for, and I just, I just could not grab them. He said, but I am beginning to be able to reach back. I, I, they're just, it's coming to me. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you doing? Are you taking, are you taking medication? Like, what's happening? He goes, no, I told you. The only thing I've done is I have been obsessed with the word of God. I just begin, did you know that this word is alive? It's alive. He said, I'm just getting the word down inside of me. I'm quoting it. I'm declaring it. I'm reading it. I'm listening to it. I'm getting it into me. And it is creating, it is regenerating literal brain cells. And he is, he is known now. He works at a huge church in Atlanta. And people that know him that don't know his past say that he's one of the most intelligent, most one of the most creative people on their team, on their staff. That is the grace of God. That is the grace to have a sound mind. So no matter where you've been or what you've done, God's power still extends to you. His grace still reaches to you. It doesn't stop because you made a bad decision. The gift has been delivered. The gift showed up on your porch and you can choose whether to open a gift that was meant for somebody else and somewhere else and walk in captivity and walk in bondage and walk in fear or you can send that back to the sender and you can open what has been given to you which is power and love and a sound mind. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. This is Paul in his letter to the church of Philippi. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. This is really difficult because this is not a suggestion. This is actually a command. Another translation says, do not worry about anything. Do not be in fear 
about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think. Think with your sound mind. Think. Not with your spirit, with your mind. Think. We get so spiritual minded that we forget that it actually requires us to have a brain as well. God's not just going to move through your spirit. It's spiritual and practical that move together. You have to actually set your mind. That's why Hebrews says, fix your eyes. Paul says multiple times, set your mind or set your mind on the spirit, on the things of the spirit. But you set it from your mind. Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. That's how the gifts of God come into full fruition. It's fanning into flame or practice. I'm going to put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Do you know what I get from this passage of Scripture that we've used, that God's given us power, love, and a sound mind. These three things that I, I wrote down this week, and I've been praying into them all week, really simple statements from those three things. I am not powerless, I am not unloved, and I am not crazy. I'm just gonna turn it to you. You are not powerless. Right? That's our excuses. We can't do anything about it. We can't change. You are not powerless. You are not unloved. If I had that, if they were, if I had them with me, if I worked for someone, no, you're not unloved. And then this is the enemy's lie that he loves to just get in your brain and in your spirit. You are not crazy. It's funny at first, but if you think about it, we start feeling crazy. In this world, like, well, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't think this way. I shouldn't operate this way. I'm just, I'm just crazy. No, you're not crazy. I'm going to say it's an extreme statement. Okay, I'm going to say it with a smile too. You're in bondage. But the good news is he's already given. He has delivered another package. And it has power, love, and a sound mind right, right there. So you can sit in your home and you can be crazy. Or you can open up the package of the gift of God. Well, is it just happened? Is it just pre-assembled? Nope. It takes some assembly. That's why Timothy, that's why Paul said to Timothy, you got to fan it into flame. You have to stir it. You have to work it. You've got to work your sound mind. You've got to work power into you. You've got to work love into you. It does not just show up pre-assembled, pre-ready, ready for use. You, you have to, you got to work it. There's three things that I do when I'm trying to step into or out of bondage, just, just things that I do, just a cycle that I go through for myself, is I identify. Right away, I identify, is this feeling from God or not? Fear, well, maybe this is my thorn in the flesh like Paul had. It is not. It's bad theology. It is not. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So is, I identify, so first thing I do. The next thing is I decide. 
I decide right then and there, when I have identified it, that this is not from God, I had decided I will not allow this to sit in my house. I'm not allowing this to sit in my, I'm not allowing those, those doubts, that perversion, that lust, the confusion, the discourse, I will not allow it to sit in my mind. And then, the last thing I always do, this is just for me, this is just practically for me, I return it. I'll return it to sender. I'll send it back. This is not for me. If it doesn't have my name on it, I don't want it. I will not open it. I will not participate in it. I will not be in bondage. I will not be in fear. I will not walk in anxiety. It does not have my name on it. I will. This cannot stay here. Do you know I found sometimes that mail came and it had the wrong name on it? And we would just pile it up on the counter. And it would just sit there. I'm a really curious guy. Sometimes I was like, why is he getting all those letters from that attorney? I just like, I kind of wanted to like open it and just like see. Because as long as it's there, as long as it's still, see some of you, you're just like practicing your spiritual self-control and you'll leave that fear right there on the counter and be like, I will not, I will not. That's not to me. That's not to me. But in a weak moment, see, people think I'm like, I'm real disciplined. I eat healthy. No, the truth is I eat healthy because I don't let anything that's unhealthy be around me. If there is something, I'll find it. <laughs> you know, it's like, here we go. But the trick is don't have it in the house. Don't. So this is the trick. This works. Well, I'm just, I'm strong. I'm a leader at church 1132. It's not the address. It, I'm a leader. And so I can have this stuff in my house. Can you? Can you have it there? Can you have it right there and not dip into it and not wear it and not identify with it? My bet is that at some point in some weak moment that you will put on fear in a moment that you should have put on power. So I've just decided when I identify something's not from God, I make a decision that I will not wear it, I will not have it, and then I return it because it cannot stay in this house. This house is my house, and I'm only receiving, only wearing, only feeling, only operating in what how my name is on. And my Bible says he's given me power. And he's given me love. And he's given me a sound mind. And that's all for me. Isaiah 43, verse 1 in the message, it says this. But now, God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, do not be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, your mind, when you're in over your head. I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. I trade the creation just for you. God wants you free. He wants you free. Pastor, there, I've, been, I've been afflicted in my mind for so long with these things. And I know, and I know it's difficult, and I've walked with people through it. I know it's difficult, but I'm, don't shoot the messenger. 
I'm just a messenger. God didn't give it to you. And if he didn't get it to me, I don't have to keep it. If God didn't give it to me, I don't have to receive it. I have the authority to send back anything that doesn't have my name on it. And the Bible already told me that the only thing that has my name on it, the gifts that he's placed inside of me, is power, offensive power, love, unfathomable, unconditional love, and a sound mind. You're smart. You're intelligent. You make good decisions not because the Holy Spirit controls you, but because you know. You can think. People say, God, just don't let me, don't let me do bad things. No, you have to use your brain. You, that's how it works. I prayed a lot. Like, you got to decide in your brain. And God has actually given you the cognitive abilities to choose wisely. They're given by God, but stirred up by you, used by you to do and to be everything that God has called us to do and to be. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.